Welcome everyone to Earth and Body Ecosystems. Before we get started, I just want to do a quick reminder that we can be found on podcast, any of your podcasting platforms. And also we're on BitChute under Wondering Wild Woman. And we are also on YouTube under Wild Wondering Wild Woman. Sometimes I'm wondering too. So <laughs> Lots of times I'm wondering. And also Joyce's platforms, Heavenly Bodies, and your YouTube is, remind me. Natural Bliss Podcast. Natural Bliss Podcast is also, it's also under that. So I'll let Joyce take it away and introduce our lovely guest. Yes, our lovely guest, Miss Monique McDonald. She is a Grammy-nominated award-winning artist known to many as the magnetic voice. She has broken the mold of what it means to be a diva with international acclaim. She has performed opera and lecture recitals throughout Europe, Japan, and the United States, including Carnegie Hall, New York City, and the Kennedy Center, Washington, DC. Monique now combines secrets learned during her 20 years experience in a high profile performance with unique coaching strategies to empower leaders, healers, and business owners with charismatic communication and mastery of the human voice. Welcome to the show, Monique. Oh, so excited to be here, Joyce. So hey, excited Heidi. to have you. <laughs> I'm on mute, but hi. <laughs> So, Monique, um, tell, tell me how our voice re reflects on how we heal. Um, well, that's, uh, that's actually a, a beautiful story. Would you like to hear the story? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful story. I think uh, to quickly answer, and then I'll go into the story, I think that we forget how healing our voice is and that the vibrations that emit from our voice box, which a fun fact is it's right next to the vagus nerve, which helps us be calm and find our peace. When that starts to vibrate, and we're going to go into that a little bit later, right? Joyce, uh, we're going to go into detail in that there's something very magical that happens and it goes all the way back in time. Sound and the breath are the doorways to our most healing modems and our most ancient means of healing. And, um, so I will tell you what happened, my, my little story. When I was a little girl, like most little girls, I wanted to be just like my mommy. And my mommy was an opera singer. And one day she was singing a concert at Columbia University here in New York City. And it has a big, huge dome in the chapel and I was probably about four or five years old and I had gone up. I don't know how I got there, but I had gone up to the balcony around the dome and 
I heard the sound of my mother's voice vibrating through my entire little body. And I looked down at her, I'll never forget this, and she looked like this goddess, this sound coming from her vibrating throughout the dome and my little girl body and the look on her face as she was just being the sound and being love to all of the people there. And I ran down and I pushed through the crowd after the concert and I said, mommy, mommy, are you still my mommy? And bless her heart, she stopped everything, reached down and took me in her arms and said, I will always be your mommy. And those vibrations are moving through us all the time, every time that we speak, you know, whether a mommy is a singer or not, she uses her voice to calm and emit love to her child. Right. It is the most natural form of healing. So those are some examples of how our voice can be used. Um, I know that there are authors who are also looking for their voice and they use words to emit those healing sensations and the vibrations are moving through words. And so when we speak, we, I always tell my clients, we have to remember that our voice is a tool. It's the most underestimated tool in our toolbox mm -hmm. as healers, as writers, as speakers, uh, because, you know, we're so worried about content. And we forget about the sound of our voice and what that can emit and our presence. You and I are here on a Zoom call, yet our presence is going out right into the camera and then it's gonna go out to whoever gets to watch or listen to this podcast. And so we have to be aware of the presence that is emitting throughout us as human beings, as well as through our voices. I, I think that might've been a little long-winded, but. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Did that answer your question? Yes, and it was beautiful. And what a beautiful story. So were you born and raised in New York? I was born here in Queens. We left um, when I was quite young and we moved around a lot. Um, my parents divorced when I was very young. And um, so my mom and I were on a journey. I'm an only child and she was my everything. And, um, but you know how that is. Your father is the one who is not around all the time is the one that you want their approval, right? You want their, and you know, daddy's little girl of, you know, when I was, he was so much a part of my life and then he was not. Um, and when I was, boy, around 13, we moved to Connecticut. I was in Hartford, Connecticut. And that's sort of where we landed um, for the most formative years, right? From 
11 to 18 until I went away to college. And I decided that I wanted to be a singer, just like my mommy. And my father was dead set against it. He said to me, I really think that you should go into being a doctor or a nurse because to him, that was much more, what's the word? Noble. Prestigious, noble, right? To be, to be a doctor or a nurse was what most people did. And, you know, in order to please him, I actually looked into it and, you know, science just wasn't my thing. So (laughs) that, that didn't last too long. But as I was looking within to try to please my father, but also just sort of casting about to, to what did I want to do? I thought to myself, well, what if, what if my voice could save a life, mm-hmm. right? Doctors and nurses, they're, they, they're so, they're so amazing and we're so grateful for them and they do save lives. But what if, what if a voice could save a life? And so I, I started sort of working that out. It was something that I just sort of kept asking myself, like, what would that look like? And I didn't really know much about it. I just knew that when I sang, people felt better. You know, that's the one thing I did know. They were happier. They they felt better. Sometimes they might even cry, you know. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, well, that's crazy, Monique. Voices can't save lives. So I decided to look around and what I did have was an ear. So I, I, um, I went to France and I learned French and I decided what I could do if it wasn't going to be singing, how I could use my talents was to maybe work at the UN and maybe become an ambassador or at the very least translate. And maybe that could be a way to save lives, you know? I was trying to find what was mine to do. I think we all have those moments, right? Where we're just trying to figure out why are we here and what is ours to do here? Uh, and so I, I, I went, started down that track, went, moved to Paris at 18 and started learning French. And my full intention was to work at the UN, French being one of the most popular languages spoken around the world. I already had English and a little bit of Spanish. So, um, but once I got to, to, to Paris, I was discovered by a producer there. <laughs> and he said, you look like a singer. And I said, no, no, I'm not a singer. <laughs> I'm going to work at the UN. And um, I couldn't escape it. That was, that was my path. So that was basically my question was, when did you realize you had a voice and that you couldn't use your voice to move people? Cause that had to come at some point, right? So that. Yeah, that, that was, that was a, that was something, you know, 
I always sang. I think I came from a musical family. My mother, my grandmother was a pianist. My grandfather was a preacher. So we always sang in the home. So I was singing the, the, the same time I learned how to talk, I learned how to sing. So I was always singing. But I think the moment that I really, really got it, what if voices could save lives what if my voice could save a life was when i got back from europe i decided that i was going to study with the best voice teacher i knew which was my mother and uh she was living in durham north carolina at the time so i decided that i was going to sing in an italian restaurant for tips and so I was learning, you know, my Italian arias because I knew I wanted to be an opera singer and I would be working them out technically and vocally at this restaurant. You know, I called it boot camp for my singing career <laughs> because there was over 300 people being able to be seated in the it was a huge restaurant. There was Italian music playing in the background. And the waiters would come to, I'd be in the middle of an aria and the waiters would come to the table and just move me out of the way while they served dinner, you know, that kind of thing. And um, it really was, I, my, <clears throat> my other singer friends sort of looked down their noses at me because, you know, they were being, they were at all the conservatories, but I needed to be there um, to help my mom. And so <laughs> that, that was my training. And one day, I had sung for a, a very big table, uh, probably about 20 people seated at this table. And I went back to the kitchen and I was drinking some water and just sort of, you know, reconnoitering until <laughs> the next table requested a singer. And the waitress came up to me and she's like, Monique, Monique, you have to go back to table 20. They're all crying. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I didn't know what to think. So I sort of moseyed my way slowly back to the table, not knowing what it, what to expect. And there was a woman that had been at the head of the table. And when I got there, she threw her arms around me and she was sobbing in my arms. And I said, Oh my goodness, what happened? And she said, we brought my son here to Duke University Medical Center to be tested for an implant so that he could hear. He was deaf. And we were told that he couldn't, a cochlear implant, yeah? And we were told that he couldn't, that he wasn't eligible for the implant. And so this was so, our sort of dinner to try to figure out what we were going to do next. And after you sang, my son signed to me that he heard you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time I tell this story, I get chills. I, 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 me, I'm horrible. getting chills also. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you why too. But yes. Yeah, at some point. And you know, it's not that my voice is so loud, he heard me, but I, I don't think, I think it was really the vibration, right? Which is what we were talking about. And 
indeed they took the, they took the child back to be tested and told them the story and it turns out that no he couldn't he wasn't eligible and it wouldn't work for him to have a cochlear implant but that he could have a hearing aid outside and they brought him back and he gave me a hug and we spoke and in that moment i thought to myself what happened did my voice just save a life and the answer was yes Most and definitely it, yes in that moment i realized that my life purpose is to be god's healing voice on earth and to guide others to their magnificence so that they can communicate their healing power and beauty and be medicine for the world. So that's what I get to do. That's a beautiful story. Very beautiful. Heidi, did you want to share something with Monique? Um, as someone who has uh, dabbled in performing and singing, uh, singing, performing, um, that really touched me because I shared singing with my father and we didn't share much, but towards the end of his life and, you know, probably a good 20 years or so, that was something we enjoyed together. And we did community chorus and we had some wonderful teachers and it moved me because I was able to sing as my father was passing. Oh, Heidi, that's so beautiful. So I totally understand. I felt like that was one of the best gifts that I could give was my voice because they say hearing is the last to go when somebody is passing. And so I thought that was the best. So I, I sang <laughs> Amazing Grace for him. And then at his memorial, I sang it a cappella because I do better without a background. <laughs> and and um, I haven't really sung since. It's like, I, uh, I don't know if that was just my mission to, you know, it's it's been very difficult for me to find my voice ever since. And it's been um, 11 years and oh is weird and I don't know my father had a very beautiful um, baritone voice um, uh, he would have loved to have sung at Carnegie Hall that <laughs> would have been one of his dreams um, you know and even though he's my dad I'm not just saying this but he could sing Old Man River that would bring tears to your eyes. And when he was singing it as an older person, and you know, you probably know the lyrics, it's pretty cl classic. It's, it just, it would just really move me because it was like he was singing about his life. Right. right. You know, and it was just so moving. So I know how powerful the voice could be. And like I said, I didn't have the greatest relationship. And lots of times that voice, like you said, parents use their voice, right? And that voice could be used against me. Mm. Um, but yet towards the later part of his 
life, it was news to connect us. That is beautiful, Heidi. Thank you so much for sharing that story with me. There, there are two things that I really loved about it. The first is that you sang him through his transition. And what a blessing, what a beautiful gift you were both given to be able to do that. And the second thing I wanted to share with you, dear Heidi, is one of the reasons why your voice appears to be lost is because it's now connected to that experience. And you may not want to go there. Right. Right? And so I want to invite you, even if it's in your shower, to connect your voice to another experience because all you need is one more. Yes. yes. You see, our voice is a reflection of our bodies and our life experiences. How is it a reflection of our bodies? Well, as every healer knows, most of the dis-ease that we carry in our bodies is due to a life experience that got caught. Would you agree with that? It's one of the big reasons for it, right? Energy got caught and was unable to flow or move through us, or we got stuck in a in a negative experience that we sort of held on to, and then it manifests in the body. And our voices reflect all of it. And when we are breathing according to the laws of nature, which is that yogic belly breathing, where we align our mind, our heart, and our lowest animal root chakra bodies together. When we're breathing through all of those and then speaking from there or sounding or toning or making noise from there. That is most often when these experiences that have gotten stuck and can create dis-ease are released. So Heidi, sing. Mm. I not a sound from payment has the moon lost her memory. She is smiling alone in the lamplight, though with a least collective my feet and the wind begins to move. Yay! 
beautiful. Now be very loving and very gentle with yourself because all that emotion came up and out for healing, right? Yes. And, yes. and, and what I tell all of my clients, they, they, they are always like, well, I can't cry if I'm singing. No, that's not when we're performing. That's not what we would prefer. The idea is to, in our practice, allow our voices to carry out of us these life experiences that may or may not have gotten stuck. Let the tears flow, that lump in the throat, right? That get that comes when we are wanting to hold back tears, right? As soon as we breathe and let the tears flow, that lump releases. And then the sound comes out. And that's what we heard in your voice. There are moments where it was really tight with emotion. And then you took a deep breath and you let it, let it move through you. And then it was free. And it was beautiful. You see, it's not about perfection of sound. It's about expression. I have a question, Monique. Yes. When, at what point did you put this all together? Because you're talking yoga, you're talking the vagus nerve. So I'm just wondering, you know, did, did you study this? Did, you know, what happened that all this came into play with the vibrational frequency and music and that, what it could do? Oh, thank you for that question. Well, um, it, there, it was the pursuit of my own voice brought me to these realizations. I, I've always been a very spiritual person. I was taught by my mother. She was my voice teacher. Everything, most of what I teach is her legacy. And she was a truth seeker. And so she taught me to be one. So we were always looking for um, practices that assisted with the breath. So I, I, I always joke about this because I didn't do yoga. And then I finally went to a yoga class and I told them, I, I taught them about breathing and what I do for breathing. And, and they looked at me and they said, Monique, you've been doing yoga all this time. You just didn't call it that. My voice is trained to be heard over a 100 piece orchestra in a theater that seats a thousand or more with no microphone. And so the training of how to do that according to the laws of nature without straining your voice, I had to learn about the breath and about breathing and everything there is to know about breath. In order to handle my mindset to go out into the world <laughs> and stand on a stage and sing in front of a whole bunch of people and be seen, I had to learn a lot about mindset, about intentions, about healing so that I could keep my body, which is my instrument, whole 
so that when that energy moved through me, I could remain calm. And uh, one of the, the biggest things that in my practice brought me to was toning. And vocal toning combines the breath and sound to vibrate using the chakras, using different vowels. Um, and as we stated, it's, it's not as much singing as it is elongating a vowel. Uh, and everybody has the ability to do this, right? <laughs> it's not, you don't have to be a big singer, right? And each vowel has a correlation to all of the chakras. Right. Right? So, ha, ah, 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 which is a little more guttural. Can you hear that? Then, ah, uh, right? Ah, mm. uh, that's for the root chakra. And of course, the we have the correlating colors as well, right? Red is for the root chakra. Right. Right? Ooh, that's for the sacral chakra. Oh, it's for the third chakra, solar plexus. We all need a little more of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then the open ah, as in ma, which in Sanskrit means mother or earth mother as of course for the heart. Ah. I like that one. Yeah. Ah. That's for the throat chakra, which is our seat of power. Hey, is for our third eye. Hey, is for the crown chakra. And so the practice is, I, I, and when I share this with my with my students, I always tell them I don't I don't want I don't I don't want you to pick. So we know what they are, we know what they're for, but let your psyche pick, let your soul pick. Which vowel do you need today? And isn't don't we all have like our own like natural tone like when you do do the ohm that we all come to like our own resonance within that that's absolutely right because there are two things going on remember it's the vibration right but based on our body we each have our own individual bodies which is our instrument or our horn if you will and we ha each have a different shaped horn or instrument through which the vibration vibrates. And because of our life experience, our age, all of the experiences life has brought us, that's all in our voice. It's all right there. 
and available. So that's how it becomes individual to each one. And in the same way, we each have our own medicine for the world because our voice is like our thumbprint. Even though we may sing the same vowel and the same note, Heidi's voice will sound different than Joyce's voice will sound different than Monique's voice. So Monique, let's talk about how we can use the voice to not only heal ourselves, but to heal the world, to heal others. Well, I, I, that's actually one of the things I work with my, my clients on how to find their individual voice of power. And that's actually the gift that I have for your listeners today. You each are going to have the opportunity to, um, to be with me and find your particular voice of power. We're going to give you an assessment and find out what, how to reach and locate your voice of power and um, where you are as far as that's concerned. Part of the journey of being the medicine to the world, of using and finding your voice, your specific authentic voice and what is yours to do is a lifelong process, right? <laughs> I think that that is something we are yes. <laughs> always becoming and it keeps unfolding, right? So for example, I was all about singing at the first part of my life. And that's how I was for the most part using my voice. Now I'm helping other people, not through singing, although I do that as well, but through their own voice, whether they're authors, whether they are speakers, whether they, whatever kind of expert that they are, I help them sound like the expert they are show up as the expert that they are. And I help them find their message for the world. And that once you get clear on that, it's like the universe just opens the world up and you just move from experience to experience and you find what is yours to do and your voice brings you there. So I'm curious because I'm a writer and I would never think to come work with you to advance my writing. So how do you work with writers? Oh, oh, great question, Joyce. Thank you. So I work with writers <clears throat> because a lot of the time writers live in their mind. And so when they are writing, if they can open their heart and their root chakras as well, whether it's through toning or speaking their, their content, speaking their words, it helps them open on a different level so that they, it, it's less about writing from the mind and right. kind of taking dictation as a download. And, and of course, I help authors with their presentations. So when they're reading the material, in my experience, poets and writers read their material terribly. 
because, right, there's some little disconnect between the writing of it and the being of it in presentation. And so I help them with that so that, that when they're reading their material, however that manifests, sometimes, you know, right now the thing is to do videos for writers to help sell their books, right? So that you get to know the writer, so that you're not only excited to read what they have to say, but you really like them. So even if you don't really Go ahead, Joe. All right, so what happened? We just all dropped out. Well, I think that sometimes the energy gets so strong that technology just can't handle it. <laughs> Heidi? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. You know, we were, we're bringing the thunder beings in, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were moving and a grooving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I know you were, I was listening so intently. I don't remember where we left off or what yeah. happened. <laughs> But I know Monique was speaking about, oh, Joyce had asked about um, how you help a writer. And you were in that, how you can help somebody write, because she That's likes right. to write. That's right. So so I, I help my writers get clear on their messages, get clear on how they want to sound in their in their writing. A lot of times my writers get kind of stuck up in their heads so we do a lot of work on um bringing them back into their root chakra and heart chakra through toning through breathing so that their vessel is more open so that when they're writing and that that they're being the writing rather than writing the writing and that they are getting downloads right of divine intelligence and energy so that they're kind of more taking dictation than trying to think of the right words does that make sense it makes total sense you know and writers do need you because so many of them experience writer's block that's right and then it's like and you know you're right as a writer i'm in my head a lot that's and right it's, it's, either there are times to where it's like okay well let's go walk away and do some laundry and come back and maybe you know it's going to come to me and that's a really good strategy joyce to walk away from it and do you're doing something with your body just want to remind us and bring us back to right our voice is the beautiful marriage of our bodies and our life experiences and that's true whether you're speaking or writing uh, the other piece is writers these days especially they have to do a lot of presentations reading parts of their books in order to sell their books uh and i work you know a lot a lot of poets and writers they have a lot of trouble reading their own content there's a tiny bit of a disconnect something about not wanting to take up too much space is that ringing for you? So they sort of read it really fast or get it out of them as fast as possible so that the, the listener doesn't get to experience it as lovely as they do when they're reading it, right? Because when we're reading, our, we have space for our imaginations to get activated, right? A lot of times when writers and, and poets are reading their own stuff, 
there's that disconnect. So they're talking a little faster than our imaginations can really settle in and take in the information. So that's actually one of my favorite things to help writers with. I think though, for me, like doing the podcast has helped me with that because I'm reading bios all the time. Yes. So I've learned to slow down, learn to put a little emotion into it, learn to emphasize certain things. That's great. And podcasts are, are really great for that. Um, you know, radio stations, getting a radio spot, you know, doing video. This is the world in which we live right now. And if we want to get our messages out into the world, we have to learn how to do it through the spoken word as well as the written word. Right. And speaking of the world, what is your medicine for the world? My medicine for the world is to be the healing voice of the divine here on earth. And boy, when I got that download, I was like, no, that sounds terrible. Like, who does that? (laughs) I think what I mean specifically is, well, let me finish. So to be the healing voice of the divine in the world and to guide others to their magnificence through the power of the voice, breath, and word. And how that works is, I'm, you know, at first it was just my singing and I am still singing and, but I'm doing it in different ways right now. Well, not now, but before COVID, I was literally going into hospitals and, um, senior centers and I was going to bring a respite from pain from from dementia you know singing songs that everybody knows so that you know they don't remember what happened yesterday but they remember every word to somewhere over the rainbow and they sing with me you know and so I'm using my voice in that way Um, but I'm also working with leaders and authors and healers and speakers to help them really align themselves to their breath, their power, their presence, so that when they speak, people listen. When they use their voice, they listen. So people with big messages, or just to have a conversation with their teenager and get them to clean, you know, whatever, whatever you need, having difficult conversations. Sometimes that's the most healing things we can do for each other. And a lot of times what I do and what I think is my medicine to the world is I listen. I listen and I give people my undivided attention because that's the greatest gift we can give to each other, to love and to be heard is what we all are seeking. And so often just that and living a lifestyle that reflects the fact that our bodies are sacred instruments of the divine. 
could save a life, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have mutant time. Um, you are just such a beautiful soul. Oh, thank you, yes. Joyce. Thank you, both of you. I love your message. And I love how you partner each other. I'm on my on the Zoom call. I'm like sandwiched in between the two of you, and I feel so loved <laughs> up on both sides. It's fantastic. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I just was wondering a little bit, though, if you could touch upon because something I really learned when I took singing lessons was that the breath, learning to breathe. I didn't realize how much I wasn't breathing deeply. And that really taught me, gave me the awareness of my breath and how to breathe and how to really bring that into your core, because basically that's where the voice comes from is the deep down in your core. It's not so much the vocal cords that it's kind of like the air just, maybe I'm speaking about the air just brings it out, right? So, That's right. correct? That's right. Um, thank you for that. It's one of my favorite subjects. Um, breath and air work like water and sound. It's all about waves, right? Waves. So, if you're filling a glass of water, you're pouring the water from the picture, pitcher into the glass, it fills from bottom to top. But most of us breathe from here up. So we are not having access to two thirds of our life force because we're only breathing from the chest up. It's like trying to fill a glass from midway up. So when you do that belly breathing, that is part of what is that yogic breathing, right? And why is it the yogic breathing? Because when you're filling the, your glass from bottom to top, you have access to the part of you that is connected to the divine. And when you speak from there or you sing from there, the inhale is opening the vessel so that you can fill it from bottom to top with air. You pause for a moment, full of the life force, and then you speak from there without giving up the life force, which is what a lot of us do when we're tired. A lot of us don't realize that our bodies are empty of life force when we're trying to speak or sing. And in common terms, it just means to keep as much of the inhale of the life that we've inhaled in our bodies for as long as we can while we're speaking or singing. And what that does is it creates a cushion for the sound so that the sound is always being supported by the breath or the life force. So every time you speak, you are in concert with the divine or life, because if we're not breathing, we're dead. If the breath isn't supporting our voice, it can't be as vibrant 
or able to vibrate as freely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And thank you for that. I appreciate that. Can we have an example? Can you show us what that would look like? How we're supposed to do that? Sure. Okay. So now uh, close your eyes. I'm going to give you a little guided meditation. Close your eyes and bring your conscious attention to the lowest muscles in your belly. And they're on either side of the belly button and just pull them in and then let them go without breath, just locating them. Pull them in, then let them go. Pull them in, let them go. And as you let them go, inhale and feel like your whole body is relaxing down to the floor as you inhale, filling from bottom to top. And then when you're full of the life force, just pause for a moment and feel that cushion and if you wanted to speak or sing without letting that go, what would it sound like? Hello. And then exhaling, allowing those little muscles at the bottom of your belly to release back towards the spine. And then you let them go. Then you inhale into them feeling everything in you relax down to the floor. It's, it takes a minute because usually when we think inhale, we reach up to the ceiling, right? There you go, Joyce, that was it. Heidi, you've got this down. And that's what it is. So I invite you the next time you meditate, when they say, take a deep breath, everybody goes, right? I'm going to invite you to do the exact opposite and go, and just notice how you, it's kind of, I feel, I, I always say, it feels like I'm sitting into myself instead of pulling up out of myself. So it's like grounding because you're getting that's into that root chakra. So that's grounding you to the earth. That's just, right. So and connecting with the breathing and everything. That's so beautiful. That's right. Is that, was that fun? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't just fun. It was relaxing and kind of invigorating. Yes. Isn't that funny? It relaxes and invigorates at the same time because most of us are walking around with not enough oxygen. We're just, and it's such a simple thing, such a simple gift to give ourselves. I had read somewhere that like the air in our lungs, like 20% of it is stale. Well, that is true because most of us are not fully exhaling. Therefore, we can't fully inhale. So we're not emptying completely our, our breath cycle. Most of us are talking like this and then inhaling again and then inhaling again and inhaling again and inhaling again. And what does that feel like? Hysteria. <laughs> or we and, and and there's a really important reason for that that's psychological it's and it is 
because when you fully intake and inhale, it reaches down into all the pain, all the stuff you wanted to say and didn't say, right? You have to breathe down into that. And most of us don't have the time or inclination to want to do that. It's not conscious, but think about it. What are we do? What's the first thing we do when we have a pain? <gasps> we don't breathe. We stop the breath. We inhale and then freeze. And then think of all the times, all the hurts that that happened in our, in your lifetime that never got to go. Well, as women, one of the things that is the most painful that we experience is childbirth. What do we do? Breathe. That's, that's what it's for. That's why the breath is so important when women and have natural childbirth, right, Joyce? Yeah, it's it's definitely important. <laughs> that's a that's a very important thing. Uh, I did have all all three of my children naturally. Uh, well, actually, with the first one, my my daughter, who's my first, I did have something to take the edge off the pain but it really wasn't doing any good. So the second two, I just said, I'm not even gonna bother doing that because why? So, right, yeah. and the pain comes in waves, right? You know, I, yeah. I, I know Heidi, you were talking about the, the loss of your father, you know, that grief, it comes in, in waves. And, and a lot of times we inhale against the pain of it instead of inhaling into the pain of it because it seems like too much. But if you can do that, it subsides quicker and from a deeper level. And then it comes again. So most pain or most trauma comes up for healing. It, it works like a spiral, right? The first trauma, you're pulling up and out away from it to survive it. And then something triggers it later when you have more of a capacity to expand around it. And that expansion is that inhale, right? To be able to let it in and then exhale through it. And all of that is what allows us to speak from it instead of hiding it or packing it away where we don't have to see it anymore. And that shows up in a voice. You can hear it in a pinched voice, right? Or we all know that voice of, of, I don't have time to think about this right now, you know? And I have a lot of compassion for that. <laughs> you know, when people come to my studio and we start working and they finally have their first really true deep breath inevitably there are tears and of course they're so embarrassed right because the, here they are with you know monique mcdonald the blah 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 blah, blah. and i just always say oh just let 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 me let you in on this is what happens our bodies are able to release the trauma release the pain release the joy, release all of the emotions 
when we're able to breathe fully and completely. The emotions come on a circuit. So if we dim one, and the one that we usually dim is anger, right? Or pain, they all get a little more dim. But when you're doing the sound healing, the toning, the breathing, all of a sudden things start to get brighter again. That's true. Yeah, I've done a little, I do a little bit of yoga. So I, I really focus on the breathing because I know that's one of the most important parts actually. So I um, enjoy that. So I really um, appreciated you. This has been amazing. Um, I kind of a little bit of a loss for words, which is not my normal. I can talk forever <laughs> usually. But I mean, I felt very moved by the topic, what we spoke, what you spoke about. And of course, I got very moved when I sang. But I, I mean, I, I think we all need to learn to breathe deep. And so we can express ourselves. I think that's so important because I believe we all have a little medicine to give to the world. And if we can't speak, then we're not giving our medicine. So I think it's so important to be able to use our voice to give our medicine out to the world. I think, and so thank this you. has been very enjoyable. Thank you so much, Heidi. And thank you for your courage to sing. <laughs> I was so excited that you took me up on my offer. I, I meant sing, sing in the future, in the shower, in the whenever, <laughs> keep singing, but bless your heart, you stepped right up. And I felt blessed by it because don't we always feel like we've witnessed something sacred when someone speaks their truth or sings their truth from the heart. Yes. The Native Americans tell us that when a truth is spoken from the heart, the only response is ho, mm. which means it has been received, it has been heard. And so I want to invite all of you and all of your listeners to listen to each other and speak from the heart. We need this more and more as technology gets greater. We need this very simple exchange of energy through the spoken written word and the sound of a voice. Because mm. in the beginning- Thank you so much. In the beginning was the word. The word, yes. <laughs> That's you, right, Heidi. Open up your mouth and say, ah, it has a whole new meaning now, doesn't it? That's right, a whole new meaning, right? <laughs> so Monique, where can people reach out to you and find you if they would like to work with you? Well, those within the sound of my voice and who are um, part of your tribe, Joyce and Heidi, you've I've given you a link where they can sign themselves up. For and that'll, a, be, that'll be below. 
So that will be below for a voice of power assessment. And basically what that is, is I'm going to be having a discussion with you about not power like I'm going to overpower you and convince you of stuff, but that sacred divine power that we breathe into when we speak. And I'm going to be giving you an assessment and just giving you kind of like a consultation. And I might say, you're fantastic. Or if I hear something that you need, I'll be giving that to you. The very least you're going to get clarity and I'll get to meet you. Or you can reach out to me at themagneticvoice.com and reach out for a connection call and we can speak that way. I have a, a new class that I'm starting on the 15th. It's called Virtual Speaking Mastery. And it's a six week course helping people with their presentations and um, getting used to being in front of the camera, how to prime your energy, how to get your voice connected to all of you, putting together what we discussed today. And it's a lovely course and people are getting a lot of great results for it. So we could talk about that. But most importantly, I just want you to know that your voice is always heard. I have a podcast that you can find out about if you go to my website and a blog. And I just love people meeting new people's like opening presents. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me on your beautiful podcast. Thank you so much for Monique for being with us today. It was really a special treat. You're so welcome. Absolutely. So thank you all. I hope everybody enjoyed this as much as we did. And we can't wait to see you in our next podcast. And I must say my dog has been using his voice quite well since about halfway through this. I love it. He's been singing really quite pretty, actually. So, so everyone, remember to get out there and, and breathe and be wild and enjoy nature and Joyce keep your light shining and many many blessings everybody bye bye, bye.